All right, so today, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're talking about what it means to stay forever young. Because that's the invitation of the gospel, right? That when we get into relationship with Jesus, we kind of become these spiritual Benjamin Buttons. Uh, I, you know, our, our bodies get older, our souls should get younger as we become more childlike. And we've talked about how we can do that because we have a good father and we have a father that Brian talked about who has his arms wide open saying, come home. We're children who are forever young and able to live and run freely as Omar spoke of last week and to use that freedom to, to serve and to love and to strengthen. Today I want to talk about a final component of what it means to stay forever young. And it's by simply spending more time focusing on Eternity. If we want to stay young, if we want to become childlike before our loving Father, there is an invitation to focus our hearts and our thoughts on eternity. As you're looking at Ephesians 3, you may recognize the words. For some people, these words are more popular, not because they're in Scripture, but because of the folk song that made them popular. Does anyone know that song? Turn, turn, turn. I mean, it's probably you'll get it, Frank. It's a different generation than me. But um, you get it. Anyone know who sings that song? The birds. Good job. But they stole it from the Scripture, not the other way around. Here's the interesting thing before we dive into this. The Scripture in Ephesians... Three mentions the word time 14 times. Time for birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, to kill, to heal, to tear down. It talks about seasons of time. And as we read this list, and we'll go over it in a little bit more depth in a minute, we'll see that it makes sense of our existence because we live in time. And throughout the course of our lives, we get to experience most of what happens in the times. But then in verse 11, Solomon says this, he has put eternity in men's hearts. He has put eternity in men's hearts. And what Solomon is doing here is he's contrasting time and its seasons and its limits with eternity. And he's saying for those who are following God, those who are connected with God, eternity is way more important than time because that's what God has put a longing for in our heart. But most of the time, we spend our time consumed about time. Does that make sense? We are people of time because we know that our time on earth is limited 
But on the inside of us, God hasn't put a desire just to manage time and deal with time and live in time. God has put so much more in our hearts, this desire for eternity. We live in time. That's the way of the world. We live in all these seasons of time. That's how this fallen world works. But as the people of God, we're not made just for time. We are made for eternity. Sometimes we long for more time, right? Wouldn't it be nice to have a couple of hours in the day? That's a nice, fun thought. It's never going to happen. But we have this desire within us for eternity. We are made for eternity. In these first 11 verses, one mention of eternity, 14 mentions of time. The reality is, in our life, for most of us, the ratio of how much we think about time as opposed to eternity is a much higher ratio than 14 to 1, right? But if we can become people who spend more time thinking of eternity, Living with eternity in mind, connecting with the great God of eternity, then it makes sense that we'll be able to stay young because in eternity, where there is no time, there is no age, we stay forever Young. So the question I want to pose today that I think Solomon answers in Ecclesiastes 3 is how do we find time in our lives for eternity? How do we find time for eternity? You guys with me? I've just probably messed with your brain quite a little bit. As soon as we start thinking about a world without the constraints of time, it messes with our brain, right? But it does something in our heart. But the question I want to ask today is how do we find time for eternity? I think Solomon gives us three answers. The first is that in order to understand eternity, we have to first understand what season of time we are in. We need to ask the question, if you will, what time is it for me right now? There are two words for time. There is chronos, which is the chronological time, and there is kairos which is the the, the time in terms of seasons, in terms of our relationship with God. I don't want to ask what chronological time you're in. I've heard that's a rude question that you're not supposed to ask, especially ladies. (laughs) But what kairos time are we in? What season of, of life are we in? When we're asking what time it is, is, Solomon starts off with a big 
bold statement that there is a season for everything. There is a season for everything. So often our emotions will go on a roller coaster because we forget that everything we experience in life is seasonal. We'll have a beginning. It will have an end. If things are tough right now, if things are difficult, it feels like you're in a pit right now. The good news is that in some way, at some time, that season will come to an end. The flip side of that is that if everything is going great right now, if you're feeling on top of the mountain, if you're loving life, the bad news is that that's a season as well. And we need to be prepared not to live there forever. The first question, what time is it? There is a season for everything, a time for every activity. Then he goes to list 14 different times. There's a rhythm to these times that he lists, and that rhythm is really helpful for us because we're, we're people of rhythm, we're people of seasons. Is this very good thing that happened? There's something bad that could happen. And basically these uh, times, these seasons are, are kind of broken up into to three uh, categories. I don't want to go through all of them because there's a lot of them, but there are a few that just require our attention. The first are activities that establish and destroy. Time to give birth, to start, and a time to die, a time to end. Time to plant, and a time to pluck. A time to kill, and a time to heal. There are times in our life where we're establishing and destroying, right? It's easy to point to our early years as a time when we're establishing. That's not always true for everybody, though. Because often for some people, they're actually experiencing a death in their childhood. And they don't get to start again until later in life. There's a time to establish and a time to destroy. The second category is there are seasons, waves, and rhythms to our emotions. Verse 4, time to weep and a time to laugh. If you've got some emotional intelligence, you'll know to do the right one at the right time. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's about uh, in a field, in an agricultural land, that throwing stones so that the um, land couldn't uh, develop and be fertilized, that was a, a problem. That was something of anger. It created a source of frustration to uh, pick up the stones, to gather them. 
There's a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. <laughs> I'm sure we know people who think all the time is a time to embrace. <laughs> Often the Britishness in me lives in a time to not embrace. <laughs> but he's saying there's a time for your emotions, a time to search, and a time to count the lost. You know, I was reading that verse this week in preparation, and I couldn't help but think of the situation down in, in Miami, right, with the condos. How, how, do you, how do you measure that? But Solomon's saying there's a time to build and establish. There's a time to walk through the, the roller coaster of emotion. He's not saying any of them are wrong. He's just saying they're there. It's what it is. It's all part of time. Thirdly, he says there are some times of possession and ambition. There's a time to search and a time to count, a time to keep and a time to throw away. I think it's quite possible that Solomon's wife, wives had a closet like mine. <laughs> time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent. And a time to speak. You know, we live in a world, a world now where we're told you got to say something, you got to speak up. But really, often when we need to speak up, it's actually the time to be silent. And sadly, when we need to speak up, so often we're silent as well. Same. We gotta understand this time. We gotta kind of move with the rhythm. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There's not much happens in our life that exists outside of these designations. But if we want to be people who live with eternity, I think the first thing that we have to do is understand what time we're in. And the hard part of this is that it's hard for us to look objectively at what season we're in when we're in the middle of that season, right? Hindsight is great. Foresight can be really helpful. But when we're in the middle of that time, in the middle of that season, it's hard to know what time we're in. But if we can understand what time we're in, we are better equipped to get through it and we are better equipped to live in it in light of eternity. What time are we in? I was reading recently a, a fascinating book that talks about this. And, and the author uses this metaphor, metaphor, metaphor of a dance floor. <laughs> I did a mic. <laughs> this metaphor of a dance floor. And, and he says that, that so often our life and our time is like we're on a dance floor. We're all kind of doing our own unique thing. We're throwing, I was gonna, I was thinking about dancing during this moment, but I just don't have the confidence to do that, right? But we're in the middle of a dance floor and we're all doing our own thing and it's looking kind of crazy and we're all focused on our own thing. 
And we're bumping into people and we're hurting people and, and, and arms are flying and legs are kicking and feet are being stood on and that kind of stuff. And he said, when I was at a dance once and that was happening, what I did is I took myself off the dance floor. I climbed the steps and stood on the balcony and looked down at all the movement on the dance floor so that I could learn how to dance my part in my season. Does that make sense? So when it comes to what time is it, one of the ways we understand that is that we need to kind of get off the dance floor, right? Where we're bumping and we're banging and we're, we're bashing and we're doing our thing and we're hurting ourselves and we're making fools of ourselves and just kind of take ourselves away to the balcony so we can objectively look down on our life. Because it's a lot easier to identify the season that we're in from a different perspective. Does that make sense? The first question that we need to ask if we want to live with eternity is what time is it? Now, sometimes I realize and I acknowledge that the dance floor is so crazy that we can't get off it to look down through it. That's why we need to be in relationship with one another, with friendship, with people in our lives who know us, so that if we can't get off the dance floor and look and see what's happening and see what season we're in, then we can say, hey, would you help me out? I've lost count of the number of times in my life when I've been dancing poorly on the dance floor, but I've had a friend who said, hey, <laughs> Do you realize that's what you look like when you dance? Do, do you realize that there's something going on that you don't see? But if you saw it, if you saw the season, if you saw the time, you'd be able to negotiate it better. The first question that we need to ask if we want to start living in eternity is to ask ourselves, what time is it? What's going on in my life? What season am I in? It's got nothing to do with our chronological age. What season am I in right now? A second question. Solomon goes on. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I've seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. I just want to stop there. One verse, second question. First question, what time is it? Second question, what's the purpose in it? Regardless of what season I'm in, you are in it because the God who has allowed you to go in it has a purpose for you. So often we become bad dancers banging into each other, hurting each other, because we don't realize that both in our good and our bad times, God has a purpose. If you're just enjoying life without seeing God's purpose in it, that can be as detrimental as struggling in life and not seeing God's purpose in it. The second question we need to ask if we want to live in eternity is what is the purpose of what's happening Great question by Solomon. What does the worker gain from his struggles? He's saying, what is the purpose? 
reality is we try and manufacture our lives and our time that we're always in a good season. And perhaps we have a responsibility to do that and to try to do that, but it never works out, does it? We want to live in the good, but not the bad. But Solomon's saying, don't ignore the bad because God's got a purpose in that. Last weekend for me was one of the worst weekends I've had for a long time. Our vacation finishes on Friday. We get to the airport for an 8.50 flight to find out it's been delayed. So we're going to get back into Orlando even later. An hour or so after it was delayed, they canceled the flight. And this little airfield in Missouri in the middle of nowhere There is one agent from the airline there dealing with a plane full of frustrated people. There is nowhere open to buy any food and there are no cars to rent to go anywhere. I am a control freak and this is messing with me in a thousand ways. Basically, for someone for whom time is very precious, they stole some of my time. It wasn't until 24 hours later that we were able to get a flight to Clearwater, which ironically, when you land at Clearwater, they have this big monument that says, birthplace of aviation scheduling. (laughs) (laughs) We rent a car, we get back to Orlando about 9 o'clock. Frustrating, they've rubbed a day of me. Last Sunday we came to church, Omar did a great job, I came home I got like sick, like I haven't been sick for a long, long time. Couldn't stand. I had some indigestional stuff. It was probably as bad for Tracy as it was me because she had to deal with me in that state. I was just really sick. I'm like, Lord, you're kidding me. I wanted to get back on the wagon today. I wanted to, to start working again. Monday comes. Well, I can catch up then because the holiday, everyone's... We realize our AC is broken and been leaking. And I'm paying the bills and I see a charge on my credit card that I don't recognize. And so they have to cancel everything and send me a new card and I have to set everything up again. You know how that goes. Tuesday morning comes, I I wake up and I'm like, Lord, what next? You've robbed me of a day. Got sick. The AC wasn't working. My credit card's been hacked. And as I was sitting on my prayer chair, as I do every morning, I felt God say, Andy, in every one of those situations that's driving you crazy, in this weird season that you're in, I'm winning in all of them. I'm like, what, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you mean? She says, I gave you an extra day with your family. I gave you an extra day of rest. The AC is a problem, but if you hadn't discovered it now, it could have been much, much worse. Your credit card, yeah, that's a problem, but believe me when I say that by you canceling everything and setting things up again, you saved yourself a whole lot of time and money. 
And in that moment, I realized that in that time, in that season, even though I wanted to run from it because my patience muscle was been stretched too strong, I realized that in that season, God has a purpose. And when we know that God has a purpose in a season, we can know that God is with us. And we can embrace that season and we can move through that season and we can grow towards God in that season. If we want to live in eternity and spend more time thinking about the goodness and the glory of eternity, first of all, we need to say, what time is it in my life? What season is it? Secondly, we need to ask, what is the purpose in it? Solomon says, I've seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He's talking about purpose. Invoking the, the character Adam is so fascinating here, right? Because Adam was made in the image of God to worship God, to, to focus on eternity, to fulfill a purpose that, that God had for him. And we know that, that he fell, and because he fell, we fall. And because we fall, God had to send a new Adam, Jesus, to restore us to a purpose, to restore us to eternity. The first question, what time is it in your life? The second question, what's the purpose in the time of your life. The third question, and I'll lead with this. If we want to live in eternity and find eternity, the third question is this, where is the beauty? Where is the beauty? He is also, verse 11, sorry. He has made everything beautiful in his time. His time? It's not our time. His time is eternity. He has made everything beautiful in eternity. He has put eternity in our hearts. No one can discover the work of God, what he's done from beginning to end. And he goes on to talk about beauty. If you will, there are a couple of points of beauty that he mentions He says, I know that there is nothing better for them to rejoice and enjoy the good life. What's he saying here? He's not talking about watching Good Life 45, James, sorry. <laughs> he's talking about eternity and he's saying eternity is good. It's long, it's forever, but it's good. And it's good because it's this place where there is no more sin and no more shame and no more brokenness and no more separation. He says, where's the beauty? The beauty is in eternity and eternity is good. It's also the gift of God. Whenever anyone drinks and enjoys all his efforts, I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. Makes sense, right? You can't add to eternity. You can't take from eternity. You know why? Because eternity is enough. And that's a beautiful thought. 
that everything we need, everything we long for, everything we yearn for, everything we hope for is found and satisfied in eternity. What time is it? What's the purpose in it? Where's the beauty in it? The beauty in eternity is that it's good. The beauty in eternity is that it's enough. The beauty in eternity is that it is fulfilling. It fills everything. God works, end of 14, so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been and whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. What he's saying there is that those who are persecuted, those who are having a really tough time now are welcome in heaven. What he's saying there is that justice, God's justice and his mercy and his grace, which it takes to create justice, are alive and active and fulfilled in heaven. He says, in eternity, we will be in awe of him. The Anglican Church in the Catechism says that the chief end of man is to enjoy God and glorify him forever. That's a summation of the scriptures. That says our purpose in life, we're made to worship God, to be in awe of God, and that it happens in eternity, and it's beautiful because we are fulfilled in what we were made to do. Solomon is saying, you guys are so caught up in time, 14 to 1 ratio, right? But we're not made for time. We're made for eternity. How do we start making time for eternity in our time today? One, we seek to understand what time we're in. Secondly, we try to understand the purpose of the time that we're in. And thirdly, we look at the beauty in the time that we're in because we are made for eternity. And it's when we can connect with our eternal Father that we don't have to worry as much about the time. We don't have to worry much about the deterioration of self and life. Because we are people made for eternity who are promised eternity by the God who created us and loves us. What time is it in your life? What's the purpose of this time? Where's the beauty in it? Those things push us to Eternity. 
Here's the deal about eternity. From the moment that God knit you together in your mother's womb, one Psalm 139, he had an eternity mapped out for you. But sin, brokenness, messed up with that beautiful plan that God had. And so God, in his love and in his grace, sent us Jesus to come and forgive us and show us and love us and care for us and remind us and heal us and change us so that we can spend eternity with him.